Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. <laughs> ah, Minasan Kanichiwa. Welcome to episode. <laughs> He's been converted. Gone <laughs> ah, native. He was halfway there already. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Welcome to episode 182 of the RC Roundtable. I say 182. Yaku Hachi Juni. That's it. Uh, and uh, hey, that's pretty good, right? <laughs> He's so proud of himself. Yeah, yes. Um, welcome, everybody. This is, uh, hopefully, this will be a nice, real special episode of the RC Roundtable. And joining me, Fitzwalker, is Terry Dunn. Hello. Welcome back to the United States, sir. Thank you, man. Uh, I had to tell you offline, I had a delayed uh, um, re uh, integration into the our time zone due to more work stuff. You mean the jet jet lag? I my jet lag had jet lag, uh, right? Literally, when we, I came back, we had um, some some work meetings that were literally starting at two o'clock in the morning because we had uh, teleconferences with the Europeans and they were six hours ahead. So my sleep schedule was all whacked out for like two weeks. Uh, so, but anyways, uh, it's good to be back, guys. <laughs> I, I listen. Oh, of course, the other guy is Lee Ray. Hello. Oh. That's the other guy, yes, (laughs) and and the rest on Gilligan's Island. But 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 real quick, it was uh, I was I was able to get the sneak preview of the last episode, so I was listen to it on the flight back, and so that was pretty neat. And uh, guys making fun of me because I wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) So you got the director's cut on that? I did, man. (laughs) Yeah, so we pulled a few things out just. Just because we'll keep that close to our vest, but uh, you're making fun of me. <laughs> well, that, that stayed in. Everybody, yes, heard of course, that stayed in. <laughs> yeah. It's the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's always surreal about hearing people talking about me, and I'm not, you know, I'm like halfway around the world, right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, but thanks for doing that. That sounds like you guys had a lot of fun. So we did. Uh, so, so maybe we should touch on that. If you have a long trip over the pond and you need a podcast to listen to. You can you recommend go. it, right, Fitz? Yeah, yeah, I can recommend the RC Roundtable. Go to rcroundtable.com or iTunes and Podbean and so forth. And grab yourself a few episodes. That's the neat thing is if you, I know I use Podbean and I'm able to download episodes offline so I can listen to them. So I, don't, I don't have to pay for Wi Fi and airplane. I just, down, just listen to them uh, from, uh, from a download on the phone. You can do that with Spotify too. I think if you have an account, an account, uh, account maybe not a free account. So, are you ready for some sandpaper and Lee? You forty grit or eighty grit? Uh oh, what did I? Do? You were right now it. saying that this is a show for people to listen to on long flights. Yet every other breath, you're like, we should have shorter shows. So make up your mind. Are we capable of long wow. flights, or just like a, a quick it's, it's from Dallas right. to Houston you know, flight? When our guest gets on the show, I'll I'll get his. His take too. We'll we'll see about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, that's enough sandpapering for now. Carry on. Come on, man. Come on. Wait, you <laughs> say we have a special guest? I do. We have it's, a special guest. Just drawing it out too long. I'd like to. He's just waiting in the wings, like going, "Hello, I'm, I'm right here." <laughs> we'll, we'll go, this Lee. Is a good one. This is a good one. Yeah, you 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 can introduce him. 
Oh, just some guy. Just some guy. He likes planes. <laughs> he likes RC planes. He's like this guy, you know. Uh, actually, he likes lots of lots of things. I'll, I'll I'll give a hint before we say anything. Of course, people who are listening to him will already see his name on the title, so it's not really a big surprise. But I have been on his show, so it's nice to bring him to RC Roundtable. So Jim Graham is here. I'm going to bring him in. Hello, it's Jim T. Graham to you. Jim. Hey, Jim. <laughs> yeah, hey, it says Jim T. in his name. We knew we didn't say anything about my name too. Headley, Headley Lamar. That's Headley. Out of reference. Headley, not Headley. Yes. <laughs> I never understand your your crazy handles. Fitz, help me out here. You haven't no seen Headley Blazing Lamar? Saddles. Blazing Saddles. Uh, okay, it's been too long since I've watched that. Oh gosh, it was clearly tonight. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Sorry, it was on fire on Blazing Saddles, but they can't show that anymore. It was the unedited version too. It was wonderful i thought they like, destroyed every copy of that no no it was, yeah. it was epic man real okay. quick it, it's it's funny on youtube you can find like gen z's just discovering uh blazing saddles for the first time and it's, it's right. absolutely amazing it's hilarious to see the are reactions to clutching it. their pearls <laughs> yeah. some of them are you know fading couches almost but they but, usually take it in good spirits oh yeah. come on jim you tell us you've seen hi jim by the way let's say jim on the screen he hasn't said anything yet we're going right over him so sorry jim but you tell me you've, you've seen blazing saddles right i bet i've seen it 20 times yeah. and with my daughter we've seen it three or four times it's it's a classic i remember when it was in the theater and i was said dad can we go see that he was like certainly not <laughs> you know it was a western he saw it without I'm, you though <laughs> i am one of those geeks and i have to admit i've as someone makes fun of these people i saw it on like a, on a instagram reel you know about some guy who's talking to his wife during a movie because he's looking at the imd imdb trivia notes Fitz, I'm sure you do this too. Like when you're watching a movie, you're like, hey, I've seen that actor before. I'm going to see you, like, you know, do research. But what I find hilarious is that Mel Brooks had to fight for the fart sounds. Like there's never been a movie with fart sounds. In it. <laughs> like you, that's the fight. You like you right. think of movies today, but he had to fight for the farts. And I just like, wow, we've come a long way. <laughs> well, there's the title of our episode right now. <laughs> yeah. for the and your guest is Slim Pickens. There you oh, go. Gosh. Yeah. Was, <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Slim Pickens. Yes. Yeah. So real when quick, I first we'll moved here. to Hollywood, I drove a '79 Jeep and I pulled up to this restaurant. And when I got out, I was wearing a cowboy hat, and the guy goes, "You look just like my old customer, Slim Pickens." <laughs> I was like, I'm in Hollywood, man. Yeah. Right. Well, if you're over 18, I, I mean, I, just, I don't think you have to be over 18 to watch it. It's just crazy. But if you haven't seen Blazing Saddles, please do so. It was uh, yeah, yeah, hilarious. Mel Brooks is a hilarious guy. Gene Wilder was great in it too. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you're offended, yeah, but I shoot with this hand. <laughs> 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 oh, All right, Cisco, let's move on. <laughs> I'll just mute my mic now. All right, so Fitz, explain why Jim is here. Okay, so roughly, was it a week ago or so, we had the really sad news that um, Jim Martin, another Jim, had passed away. And if you don't know who Jim Martin is, you've, you're either really new to the hobby or you've been under a rock because Jim Martin was the owner-proprietor of Hobby Lobby. But no, not that Hobby Lobby. A small hobby, well, not small, but a a uh, so say a local but very well-known mail order slash hobby shop called Hobby Lobby in uh, Tennessee. I forgot the town. What was the town, Jim? Uh, it's Brentwood, but Nashville, really. Nashville, okay. Right outside Nashville, Tennessee. And if you had been in the hobby, especially during 
uh, in the 90s and earlier, you would would have known Hobby Lobby, and especially if you were on the bleeding edge of tinkering with electric aircraft, you would have known Hobby Lobby very well. Uh, so, and it was really sad to hear him passing away. He, I think, we will we will uh, talk about the store and his legacy uh, with our guest, who has a very close relationship. We had a very close relationship with Jim Martin, and we'll go into that. Uh, I personally uh, knew of Hobby Lobby quite well uh, when I worked at a hobby shop in late. 80s, early 90s, our shop actually did business with Hobby Lobby. And they had such an eclectic mix of stuff that I had ordered. I have actually have a short list of stuff I was just going through my memory of things I had ordered from Hobby Lobby. And because it was just, it wasn't just electric stuff. They had gas and glow and some other stuff. But for some reason, the place was great for these real oddball stuff that they would import from Europe and, and elsewhere. And uh, so when I heard of his passing, uh, I thought, well, that's, you know, it's sad, but he left, you know, I had great memories of dealing with him. And I remember, well, <laughs> uh, Jimmy, you're going to laugh at this, but so I'm a Yankee boy. I grew up in New England. And we always, got a kick out of when we called Hobby Lobby to order because they had the, the most uh, uh, wonderful Southern accent. There was a lady, I don't know who it was. I don't remember. I couldn't begin to tell who it was who would answer the phone. Hobby Lobby. <laughs> we hey, were, Sugar, we just, what can I get for you? Huh? Yeah, we just thought it was so adorable. Oh, my gosh, Fitz. <laughs> that just totally flashback because I have also ordered a ton of stuff from Hobby Lobby, and you're right. Those ladies were wonderful. <laughs> So, um, so we asked uh, Jim Graham, who graciously would to come and join us. Jim Graham is the uh, indomitable, I guess, showrunner of RC Groups, and he's also had a long history with Hobby Lobby, and so he graciously agreed to come up uh, on our show and talk to us about life, liberty, and Hobby Lobbying. Jim, welcome to the show. I, thank you. The thing I want to say, you, you might be here and you might think, why does this one shop? Why would you do a whole show about it? And the thing I want to impart is if you fly electric airplanes or helicopters, that guy in the picture in front of you, or if you're listening, Jim Martin, um, is the reason that we are in, a, in the state that we are in the hobby today with electric flight. Because before Jim, it wasn't available. No one sold electric options for airplanes. And this guy literally changed the face of the hobby. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. I have, and what I don't want to do is injustice to the article. So uh, feel free, if this interests you, to take a read to get the whole story on Jim. But um, he told me, and I did an interview with him in 2012. I said, when did you first want to fly? And he said, it's the minute I was born, hmm. when I was out, I said, when can I fly? <laughs> and so he and the the other thing he said is um he flew tankers and was in the air force but he said i love rc more than scale because it's more fun there's less things to worry about and he said flying in a tanker was like flying, flying a bus you know yeah. you just get in there and push the buttons yeah that's interesting until this article came out i didn't know he was a pilot or in the air force that's uh uh it was great to hear so he's got really air aviation in the blood Apparently. He went to Yale, so obviously a smart guy. And so we're going to bring up another guy, Bob Butcher, in a little bit, but they both went to Yale. And <laughs> the reason this picture is here, I'll be honest with you, is when I worked for Jim and I was in his office, one of two things were happening. He was telling me or instructing me and mentoring me. I didn't realize at the time that he was doing this about writing an article or uh, 
whatever it is we were doing that day, or he was correcting me <laughs> for using, <laughs> let's, let's say, exclamation points. He brought me in once and he said, what is this exclamation point in the story? And I use them a lot. I still do. He said, that's like laughing at your own joke. I don't ever want to see another. <laughs> <laughs> so he was an editor too. Wow. I guess that was the yeah. Yale part. Oh, yeah. Renaissance man. No exclamation <laughs> points. <laughs> this picture sat behind him at his desk. And so I always gravitated to this photo. So I felt like it needed to be in the article. Which image it's are you a, talking about? The Air Force standing in front of the airplane. Oh, okay. It's a T-28 maybe? Uh, it looks like it, yeah. Kind of looks like it, yeah. So uh, what Jim is referencing is he wrote an article on RC oh. Groups about the uh, life and times of uh, Jim Martin, and it's got some great pictures and a great write-up. So if you're listening to this, head on over there if you haven't seen it. It's a neat little walk through history. And, and we'll put a link in the show notes as well. Yep. There will be a link. So just a real quick recap. Jim started his store in 64, and in 87, electric became viable for RC. And he, uh, it was the Europeans who really decided that this was something that you could do with an RC airplane. And he went full in and I, I asked him, uh, was it a profitable idea? And he'd never answered yes to that. Uh, <laughs> because at the time, before I got there, Hobby Lobby sold planes with electric options that would barely fly and not for long. Let's say NICAD battery gets you five minutes, you know. And we were so bad that we would take NICADs, put them on the dash of the car and turn the heater on to heat them up so that you <laughs> right. might get another minute out of Oh, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they you work know? better when they're warmer. And then when I, I met Jim, I was uh, flying at the field and I had been posting do we want to, are we, I guess we're going in the way that it goes. Please stop me at any time. Okay. <laughs> Go right ahead. I've been running a record label and I had all, I was the, one of the first online record labels in, in Nashville. And uh, I started treating RC the same way as I treated uh, RC. I, I started as I treated my record releases and things like that. And so Jim saw these things on uh, RC online, the original RC forum if anyone remembers. And he said, you need to work for me and do what you do for fun, for money. Ooh. And fast forward. And I was the PR marketing guy at Hobby Lobby International, right when Outrunners came around, Jetty Speed Controllers and Lithium Polymer Batteries. Yeah, that's where wow, the whole right revolution the happened. That's when it went from a, yeah. a lunatic fringe part of the hobby into the mainstream. It, the Jim had all these connections in Europe and managed to not only get these things, but get great, great margins on them. So I was never there when things, when uh, electric wasn't that viable. I was there when it blew up. The right. hobby just Ooh. started peaking and it didn't stop for a long time. Yeah. I remember oh. that era because that was before the Euro was accepted over there. And most of the stuff Hobby Lobby carried was built in Eastern Europe. So very high quality, great standards, right. and but good prices. So this was before the influx of all the Chinese knockoffs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, if you bought something, you knew it was going to be well-made and dependable. And like the Axe Outrunner, which, yeah. um, like I say, I had a lot of those left over. And years later, I went to see, I wonder if my box of Jetty uh, motors is worth anything. And they all held their value because they're all such high quality. 
Oh, Jetty, yeah, yes. <laughs> I've got one of the original Jetty phaser motors, the the Inrunner first generation stuff. Oh, I, right. I had an estate sale recently, and I, a couple of those were in there. The the first built plane I made to be electric was a Jetty Inrunner. I still have that plane. Nice. And then the axes, of course, were the kings. Right. No gearbox oh, yeah. anymore. Yeah. Tons uh, of torque. 4120 on a Starfire 40. So I went back one day and I was into profile planes, as you know, and I didn't ask permission. I just pulled everything off the shelf that it would take to make a 40 size 3D plane hover. And after I built it and flew it, I came in and I said, we have something that no one's ever done before. We have an electric 3D plane that will actually hover. How and many AC Thunder Powers did you have to put in parallel? You know, I don't remember, but I do remember that there we had really big packs back then, and, and we yeah. had and we also had kokums, and those oh, kokums right. were yes. excellent lithium yeah. polymer packs. If you'll click back on there, I want to make sure I don't forget to do this. Joanne is Jim's wife, and Joanne um, was there with Jim. They created a catalog, and if you're listening to this and um, you remember all of this, the catalog came out I think twice a year. Before I went to work for them, I, I read this thing daily. And so I had it memorized before it ever anyone ever said you should work here. And in that catalog is the senior telemaster. And we are looking at a picture of a senior telemaster. And this was off the label of the senior telemaster box. It's a lovely lady in the 19, early 70s, maybe, uh, laying in the grass next to a telemaster. And I had seen this picture 100, 200 times. And I'm in the warehouse one day and his wife walks up. It's not 1970 anymore. And she's standing <laughs> next to me, talking to me about something in the catalog. And I look at her and I look at the picture and I was like, is that you? And she, she hit me in the arm and swore me to secrecy. She goes, don't you tell anyone here. That's me. Well, and that photo, she could pass for Sigourney Weaver. She's yeah, lovely hip. picture. She's, and she's got it all going on. Yeah. And uh, that's just a very iconic photo in the RC community. Because I think it appeared in a lot of the magazine ads and yeah. like, just all over the place. So yeah. It's very familiar. And this picture of Jim, I don't know if you've heard of the thousand mile stare. Oh, yeah. The whole pro bro thing that I started was based on a lot of what's the craziest thing I can do. And one of the things I did was called the thousand mile stare. If ever a camera was around, I would always look off to the left and up. And so this is Jim attempting to do the thousand miles for me, <laughs> which I appreciate it. Well, let's talk about the telemaster for a minute. Cause that's another kind of uh, staple of RC history. Did it begin at Hobby Lobby or did it just kind of pass through? Lee, are you a historian on such things? Nope. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's Julie I, Terry's job. Terry is a historian. I, I'm just the, sidekick well i don't know the telemaster history so yeah it we'll sure have to look that one up i've had i've heard many stories so and i'm happy to share them and say i don't know if they're true i heard that it was designed for military use to move uh like um, lines across uh distances for to, for communication um i've heard that it was used in uh, for just lines in general for the I don't, but I don't know that any of that is true, that it was used in that manner. I Somebody love it. Knows. Let's stick with that. Yeah, yeah, we'll just go with that. 
So right. well, there's no evidence to the contrary. We had a guy. So I walk into Hobby Lobby and I've built my first wing and the powers or the phones went out and um, I'm it's sitting on the desk and an, uh, a man comes from the back and he looks at me and picks up my wing and takes the lid off and uh, looks at the soldering job. He looks at me <laughs> and just starts shaking his head. And he said, come with me, son. <laughs> he takes, takes me through the warehouse all the way back to his workstation. This is LA Johnson. He's uh, if you ever had a problem, you know who LA is. What a great guy, but I didn't know any of this. He made me learn to solder until it was right, until the phones came back on because he couldn't work with no phone. <laughs> and he said, I, I think he got it. And as I was walking out, I turned to him and I said, I'm going to work here one day because it all looks so awesome. <laughs> oh, so you were just a customer at the time? Yes. Uh, okay. I was heavily. Uh, uh, jacked up on RC. My wife yeah. was like, it's too much. You've got to stop. It, it was all, I was consumed. Hey, Lee, go back to that previous page. I think it was tab three. You bet. And then scroll up a little bit. You see that airplane right there this on one? the left column? Yeah, that's the one you bought for me. The one at the I sent me. you? Yeah. yeah. It's down there in my workshop. Oh. So, Waiting for its day on the bench. You've also scrolled past a couple that I have, <laughs> have had. Yeah, so for those of you listening, I'm scrolling through the Wayback Machine on the internet, which takes us to the old Hobby-Lobby website. And boy, is it like a Sears catalog trip. Uh, it, it is. It's a trip down memory lane. It is It is awesome. And, it, and I, by the way, I mean, I, I got to say, I have tabs saved to show you planes I still have in my collection. But I will just go ahead and interject and show everybody something I do have. And I'm, I'm wondering if anybody else has one of these, but I have a Wingo in my possession. Uh, it's it's actually Austin's, so it's not mine at all. I gave it to Austin, and he had his GoPro on it for the longest time. Like a very like this is an uh, old yeah. plane. It's like ten years plus old. So he's been flying it for some time. Yeah, you probably need the GoPro to to balance it where the Nike <laughs> used to go. Yeah, so on the screen right now is the Wingo. And, you know, I'd love for you guys to let us know if you've ever had one. We'll have this on our YouTube channel. So if you guys are following along, comment, by the way, in either our Facebook post or on YouTube, planes you've had from Hobby Lobby. I just, I would love to see all the other collection. But let me get back to what Fitz wanted me to do. He wanted me to go back a few pages. So let me go back here. This is all the planes, Fitz. So tell me when to stop. <laughs> I mean, I have yeah. I have three easy stars, <laughs> so and I probably got those those, yeah. I keep scrolling. Yeah, that's not, oh no, that's not all of them. It's, uh, because I know you had um. Oh, now I don't see any. <laughs> I could see. Wait, all day. I do have the Avanti. I'll go back. <laughs> ah, the Did you have your Avanti? You, no, you have that. I have one. I haven't flown it. I got it used. It was part of Graven's estate okay and, uh, one of those flew over my house not long ago it makes oh, yeah, a very interesting sound yeah, yeah. They're not i was going to hack in hacking some retracts on mine so that's why i really haven't touched it oh look i'm sorry i'm not i need to pull this up here where is that right here there uh, we go. look what jim's holding oh yeah now, jim is that the same serial number i actually built the plane in the photo it okay. was the first plane oh, i ever built cool. for hobby lobby and, but wow. this is not that, well, this could be that plane. Um, this was giving me, there were only two of us that had planes that went in the catalog. So this could mm. be that plane. Wow. Okay. Scroll up neat. a little bit and, and show me as a kid. Oh my gosh. Is that you? 
No, that's Jason. I wonder where that went. Timothy <laughs> Graham right there, that link. Oh, okay. I don't know if it'll take. Let's find out. Hey, Jim T. Graham's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> According to Jim. Well, you know, we found that picture of me, but I don't know where it went. Yeah. Well, we found the funky chicken picture of you. Oh, was that the funky? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, there's well, that one right there. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Yeah, he still had that the hair flowing hair. <laughs> and I think if he we stay tuned and look at Jim right now, look at that, guys. Oh, he's, he's got it too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There, you know, Jim, there are people laughing right now on their computers going, oh, my gosh. It's real. It does exist. Google. <laughs> yeah. So, Randy Green. Hold on. Let me pull the screen off because I want to give you the full. Let me see if I can give you solo. There you go. Dusting. So, Randy Green and I, we were getting ready to go to South Seth that day. And Randy said, You know, I know a really great uh, airbrush artist at the Walmart. And I said, Let's go. So we took this thing and I told him what I wanted and it went on and on and on. And they were, they were like, where are you guys? I got chewed out for this paint job, but then we took this and preview and I, this can't be the only one we took, but I took this to Seth to show off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, That's really cool. It's yeah. still here. It's, it's got a speed 400 in there. Yeah. Direct drive. Nice. So I would love to find one of those, but uh, the little looking I've done has yielded no fruit. So if anybody out there has a, Gropner funky chicken in the box. Let me know. <laughs> we once got a shark in the mail. It was much bigger. It was like this big and it had wow. a turban in the mouth. Okay. And I was like, I've got to own it. It was a prototype. And they sent it to some TV star who never wrote us back. But, <laughs> and so I was going to say one of the coolest, one of the coolest parts, there were many cool parts was that uh, when boxes showed up, everybody like me and eight other guys would surround Mike Hines and we'll go look at some Mike Hines uh, Warbirds and, and talk about what he did for the hobby. But um, they would open it and then they would pull the thing out that you've never seen before. And we would all be amazed, right. just blown away. Wow. It, it was Christmas. So so about how many people would you say worked there when you were there? 30 people. 30? Yeah. At almost all times. We had the front counter, which would be the lobby of Hobby Lobby, which was tiny. And uh, the thing to remember is this was one of the first companies that said, I don't know if I've said this uh, here live, um, when RC Group started up, Jim Burke, the inventor, creator, yeah. went to Toledo and said, hey, everyone, you should buy an ad on the internet. And everyone was like, you're crazy. Why would we buy an ad that would be on the internet? Print magazines will last forever. That's what people yeah. like. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, why would I want to link directly to a product? This is madness. And uh, it's a fad. And so uh, Jim Martin was the one guy who said, I love it. And Jim and and uh, Hobby Lobby became the biggest sponsor on RC groups. And that happened exactly when I stepped into my role. And so working with RC groups and working with banner ads and all the things that we did there is what I did on that side. And then the crazy part is now I work on the other side. Right. <laughs> yeah. I remember for, for years, uh, Hobby Lobby had the premium ad spot on RC groups. And I think even on the E-Zone before it was RC groups. You guys yes. had, uh, it was always very prominent. Uh, it was just pretty nice. Now uh, let's put a, we're talking turn of the century timeframe for all this stuff. I would say, what year would it be? 
two for me it'd be around 2003 okay um the the electric concept really became viable in 1987 that's the okay. first, and that's that's not outrunners or anything. That's just people right. flying planes electrically. And right. the yeah. '90s is when uh, things started to turn up as well. And, yeah. and let me say this: uh, Axie and Jetty came out in 2001. All right. Yeah, sounds about right. And then yeah. Thunder Power came along and lit the afterburners, and the rest is history. Yeah, I remember Terry right around the time we were in university, reading about Speed 400 stuff. Right. And that seemed really intriguing because that it seemed to be one of the a, a good mix of small aircraft that flew well, used smaller batteries. The motors are pretty powerful for their size and cheap, and a lot of designs they, they lend it well to 049 size planes and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and that's one of the first planes I built, you know, around 1999 ish, 2000, uh, before just you know, right just before the brush of stuff started taking off. And I was really amazed how well it flew. And it's like, wow, this is, you got something here. Uh, and then, of course, the brushless came out and then in lithiums and the rest is history. Yeah. Uh, one, one minor thing, you mentioned Gropner. And one of the things I remember from Hobby Lobby is, especially for us at the hobby shop, is the Gropner boats were real popular with us. And I, I have one. In fact, it's still around. Uh, my buddy Jeff now has it. But I had one of Gropner Portofinos. It was a twin outdrive. Uh, boat or electric boat that I had for I've had it for 30 years. <laughs> it literally the plastic just got brittle on it. We had a minor mid water right. collision and punched a hole in it. And, oh man, <laughs> just shattered. <laughs> just shattered. Uh, but it was such a cool boat and I kept it around because it was so neat. And, and it was a whole series of these Gropner boats that Hobby Lobby imported and they were just really neat. And the Gropner catalog was also uh, super interesting to me that the thing to think about is my office was off to the side of the sales room where there were probably, I don't know, let's say eight to nine people taking calls all day long. And so if you're one of those guys and you call up about a boat and you need a waterproof uh, speed controller, then whoever's answering your call needs to know everything that goes in the boat. And so everyone in that place was a specialist on yeah. just about everything. Hmm. Oh yeah. There's, uh, there's some of those I remember he had a, the submarine. I always kind of oogled the submarine, but I it was, didn't have nearly that skills or knowledge to build one at the time. But uh, uh, I remember seeing that quite, <laughs> quite often. I was like, Whoa, that looks cool. And where to sail it, I guess in it, a pool. Yeah. Pool or pond or something like that. And now I have submarines, so I've gotten over that hump, but that was always it's always neat. And this is, a, again, an idea of some of the interesting stuff you saw at ostensibly a RC airplane shop where they had, uh, you know, you had a whole a line of really neat boats. You had some cars. I remember I actually, uh, here, I'll just go through a, a short list of stuff I've got from Hobby Lobby back in the day. So uh, the Portofino I mentioned, the Gropner boat, I bought something. One of the first things I bought was something called a Sport 500, which was a, um, a gas-powered helicopter. Imported from oh, England. Wow, that's a really amazing thing that you own there. I was just talking about it today. Yes, it wasn't the greatest machine. It was really inexpensive. Use a regular uh, uh, airplane engine, but it had problems staying in one piece. Yes, that's, I was going to say. Did it? Did everything shake off of it eventually? Um, <laughs> if, if you didn't threadlock something, you knew it almost immediately because it go flying off. <laughs> did you? And I, I, they had one built. And I thought, did, do you have to build that piece by piece? Was that how it worked? Yeah, it was a complete. It came in a box of just parts. 
and you right. built it. And oh, stay on that page for a second, uh, Lee. Um, and I actually got some of the upgrades you guys eventually had. They had a, um, it was fixed pitch, and eventually got a, a collective pitch rotor head. And I got that and put it on it, and it actually improved flying quite a bit with that. And you had a scale fuselage that was all fiberglass that I had started working on, but never got around to uh, putting on it. It was made a, a full uh, Hughes 500 helicopter. Uh, but yeah, the thing was, it was my first helicopter and it kind of wow. got me, got me the bug and working, but it was, it was, it spent more time being repaired and flying half the time. You have uh, all of my respect. <laughs> oh, thanks. I, ne I never met anyone who actually built or flew one. So I built and flew it. I was able to hover it. That's about all I could do with it. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have it anymore. I had it, most of it in pieces until maybe about five years ago. And then uh, an unfortunate incident with some family members. I no longer have it. But um, uh, I had a gas car. You guys had a, a scale four-wheel drive gas car I picked up that was uh, uh, really neat, really fast. You had... A hovercraft. I don't know if you remember this. It no, was a before my time. It was a electric hovercraft that was mostly vacuum formed, and it was I don't know where it came from, somewhere in Europe, I think. And it was it mostly worked. <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> it only had one motor, and so the motor propelled it forward and blew up the skirt. And so it's probably one of those things that would better with two motors, but it was such right. a such a weird thing that I had to get it. I mentioned the Piaggio. Uh, on the screen is the Alpha Key 84, and I have this. I still have it. I did this as one of the early reviews I did for RC groups, and I built one of these. I got it from Hobby Lobby, and uh, I built it and painted it up and weathered it, and it's one of the early reviews I did for RC groups to uh, one of their aircraft. So it was Is early. that the power system yours has? I use whatever stock power system they recommended. So yes, even that transmitter, that single oh, stick. the focus radio? Nice. The single stick focus radio, the, the whole package that they had recommended. Uh, uh, I don't know if, if I... If you need a feather receiver, let me know. I'll send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great flying plane, though. Great, Really great flying model. Let's well, scroll up first. We'll brag on Mike Hines. So all the warbirds that the foam warbirds that came into Hobby Lobby, it, I give credit to Mike Hines. He went through everything. He made sure they flew great and tested them. And then, you know, every, all that warbird stuff is squarely a Mike Hines endeavor. And it did before I came on the scene, those were the kings of the uh, top 10 list for yeah. Hobby Lobby. And then and if we scroll down, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say these Alpha Warbirds were noteworthy because prior to these, they were very scale-like and the profile, the paint jobs, everything was very accurate on them, almost like a plastic model. And prior to that, if you wanted an electric Warbird, it was probably going to be a GWS, which left a lot yes. to be desired yeah, in terms of all that. So yeah, I remember specifically how well they were received because of that. They were like the first of their kind and they flew great, which usually that wasn't the way it went. Right. So. Uh, Jim's wife was sitting with Jim and he said, we need a way to tell everyone exactly what they need when they buy an airplane. And so she grabbed the page out of Jim's hand and these pages were, everything was taped on, you know, and then it would finalize later. She came back and she had invented the here's everything, which would not only show you the airplane that you dream and desire of, it shows you everything you need to put it in the air from the transmitter to the prop, to the battery, everything. And, uh, I think that's what made it so successful is you could just go through and go uh, click, 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 add to cart, 
purchase and then, you know, and however much time it takes to get to your doorstep, you have everything you need to put this thing together and then successfully go to the field. I think it's hard to overstate how important that is because here we are in the year 2023, a full almost 25 years after this was going on, and people still have trouble understanding what they need for any specific electric application. So yeah. I, I think it's still a mystery to a lot of people. So to have it all in one location there was uh, pretty novel. So curious, uh, we have you have a lot of models from over in Europe and stuff. Did Jim need to travel a lot over there to, to scope out new products and stuff like that? So Jim's first contact over there, he had a contact prior to this that he didn't work with who knew Grobner, Hans Grobner. Ooh. And Jim went to the factory and he said, while his friend slept in the car, he cut a deal with Grobner. <laughs> and let me tell you a story about Jetty here. And this is from Jim. Mr. Jellin of Jetty approached me to buy his speed controllers. He had on a war, worn, ill-fitting suit. His briefcase was made out of cardboard with simulated leather. And his partner, Tinka, and he were both fighter pilots in the Czech Air Force. Oh, they were wow. looking for a new career after the Soviet Union collapsed. He showed me his speed controllers and we started there. Five years later, I saw him. He picked me up in a Mercedes and he was wearing Italian suits. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yes, he, he, all this, everything was happening in Europe. So that's why I had to go there to find it. Well, that's a good segue because one of the things I wanted to bring up relates to a Jetty speed control. It's one of the earlier brushless versions that had the red heat shrink on it. I bought that. It was a 40 amp unit. I bought that from Hobby Lobby for $9.95 or nine something. And that was on one of the famous Black Friday sales. Yes. And so if people weren't around then, this was a big deal. And the gist of it was every hour on the hour, you would release new stuff onto the webpage and those sales were active for that hour. And you could put stuff in your cart and save it for the end of the day, but you had to go back and check every hour. And there were some really amazing deals to be found there. Um, so it, this this was a Thanksgiving sale, it, right? Oh, was it Friday, like the Brock Friday, or well, on Thanksgiving? I bet money we did both, but Thanksgiving okay. was the biggest of the big, and it, it, we planned for it months in advance, and uh, no one got a day off on Thanksgiving if you worked at Hobby Lobby. And since uh, we had one guy that I was pretty close with that did the site, the website, and then I was the guy, I was the marketing guy. So I'm like, we would have big huddles per hour. What are we going to put right. up next? Well, we sold out of this. Okay, we sold out of that. So what about this? And uh, it was always very, we did well until one year, I think, I uh, forget who was in charge. I don't think it was Jim, but they left uh, Randy in charge and Randy went crazy. You know, when they say the boss has left and I've gone crazy, <laughs> that really happened. Randy went nuts. He sold everything i don't know that we made any profit and when the owner showed up on monday he was livid wow <laughs> so there, yeah, were, there yeah. were deals to be had yeah i remember not leaving my computer for most of that day and uh the, you got couldn't. a lot of good deals yeah you couldn't you were afraid you're you know, yeah, fomo you fear of missing out uh yep. so um lee was just showing the helicopters and i, I can't i can't miss up asking so how many of those Echo 8s did you guys sell? Because that was kind of revolutionary. I know he has some micros you're showing, but... Well, that's what I had. I had one of these. You had one of yeah. the uh, honeybees. 
because yeah. I remember the Echo 8. It was basically, I think, the first electric helicopter that could pretty much get out of its own way. The first real right. one that had some performance to it, even on round cells. Uh, it wasn't perfect. It is. But it was a, so far a step oh, ahead of anything yeah. else on the market at the time. I remember. Uh, <clears throat> and I had several of them and uh, upgrades. And in fact, I got to the point where I actually had uh, designed some of my own upgrades for it and had them commissioned to be built and then sold them. And you, you could buy aluminum parts, right? Yes. Yep. Because yeah, our web guy had like fully aluminized everything. Yeah, <laughs> gone too yeah. far. <laughs> it's like a joke was that ship that, you know, the only thing left is like, if you replace the hammer and the, and the handle right. and the blade, right. what do you have left? <laughs> uh, but Theseus and no, ship. Yeah. And no gyro back in everyone. There's you, just had to keep on top of the heli at all times. Oh, not even a tail gyro? Uh, you could eventually get one. I think they okay. had a little piezo one you can get, but I think stock it didn't have one. But and let me, uh, it was not easy. There was nothing easy about flying these helicopters. No, no, but they were real popular. I remember seeing them all over the place, and I had a couple. And I was, I imagine you must have seen a lot of them fly out the door. Pay well, hey, your $529. And that's brush Ooh, motor, XL NICAD. Yeah. 2004 yep. prices folks nice. <laughs> yeah it flew on a brush motor and uh it had a mechanism so you could use a four channel radio if you wanted if you didn't want to use a five channel radio uh, like a slider tray mechanism and it had some scale fuselages you can get for it and, but like you said eventually the company came up with all kinds of aluminum parts and upgrades for it and then the aftermarket team came on and then as soon as you put a brushless motor in it and uh it was it was quite aromatic even without lithiums you know to me fits this is like you know, having Gen Z look at a rotary phone and go, okay, how do you use this? <laughs> Could you imagine giving this to some heli kid today? Like, what, what are these bad? How do you charge these things? <laughs> Where, where's the XT60? Or <laughs> Yeah, Icarus was out of Germany, if I remember correctly. And so that yes. was, uh, uh, so you guys were really the pioneers of the first really good electric helicopter. Eight cell, uh, three thousand milliamps. Oh, speaking of Icarus, didn't they make the shock flyer? And that was a big uh, uh, revolution I, as well. I I forget how many we got in the, in the first container, but they came to me and they said, "We don't know what these are. Soda pop flyer? I don't know." And they were like, <laughs> "See if you can sell them." And I th my, the number in my head is thirty four dollars and ninety five cents uh, for the foam bag. And right. we sold them like they were hot dogs. Yeah, those are profile so, too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, they were thin. I guess Depron profile with some carbon fiber bracing. The the beginning of the profile era, and they were geared two eighty motors. They weren't even brushless then. Let me jump back started. a minute. When I was the three D guy before three D was a thing, like three D was going to ruin the hobby. That's when I was started flying three D. So, oh, so uh, you were the guy. Well, <laughs> Your fault. Thanks, thanks a lot, Jim T. <laughs> I was at, I was at the field today, and uh, back then somebody said that Billy Hell, he's going to ruin this hobby with 3D. <laughs> you know, like 3D could ruin the hobby. But yeah. um, I I would fly these profile planes, and Jim Martin commented once. He said, uh, "That's not flying. That's a travesty." <laughs> and i didn't just go to hobby lobby and everybody was like whatever you want it's all good um i i would go on rc groups and i would look at designs and then i would uh i didn't i was brand new but ultimately i brought him a design by horsefly hobbies mike glass and it was the first pre-printed foamy ever made 
And mm-hmm. Mike and I, Mike would call me and we would talk. And what he did is he bought a, I forget how much it cost, but I remember being amazed at what he did to it. He bought this huge printer and then cut it in half so it could hold one sheet of foam. And then he'd print all the foam sheets out and laser cut them. And then he sold them in a bag. Hmm. And I talked the uh, Mr. Martin into picking this up finally after many things he did not pick up. <laughs> and this thing went straight to number one top sales. Was that the GB? Yeah. The mini GB. Okay, the little flying wing GB. I had one of those. It was cool. It was yeah. simple and cool. Yeah. And, uh, and that was the beginning of every printed foam plane that exists today was my yeah. Wow. And, and it would came off of RC groups and there were many other designs that I found that way. And pretty soon 3d foam planes were the top of the list. And, uh, I, I, I have to say before I forget, you can get a job and you can accidentally get a job and you can accidentally get a job at just the right time, but to accidentally get a job where I'm all about, uh, being creative, really, that's it. Uh, it, you can make that with anything you want, but they were allowing me to do that and jetty and Axie in lithium polymer and the hobby was just going no end in sight. And I feel so lucky to have been with that crew of guys to ride that huge RC wave, you know, especially with Jim Martin at the helm of uh, seeing this years before. The dealer. (laughs) (laughs) The supplier of the the thrill. (laughs) The first hit is free, yeah? Yeah, no kidding, man. He he got us. He got my money. (laughs) That's what it was like, for sure. That's awesome. All right, so can you tell us a little bit about what's going on at RC Groups these days? Well, um, I'll tell you, uh, let's go here. Uh, RC Groups is a web forum, and um, maybe this is the best tack to take, but I just want to, I was saying this today, I was sitting on a bench. Um, If you're on a forum and you use it on a daily basis, you know the importance of forums. There are other options now where you can go try to find information or let's say like happened today, you pick up an airplane, you haven't flown in three years. Where's the CG? There's only one place you're going to find that while you have your phone out standing on the flight line trying to make sure. (laughs) And that's a web forum, right? And so my point is, wow, we have been around since 1996. I think forums are as, as valid as they ever have been just for uh, getting content on how to build a plane, what's needed in a plane, how to set it up, how to be successful. And that's not even talking about classifies. So you can swap. Yeah, that's what I was showing. Yeah, Yeah, because you've clicked on the P-38. Yeah, you know, just just showing the content, folks. It's just taking it where it leads me. Yeah. And uh, one thing that I do a lot these days is work with existing companies uh, about new product releases. I just worked with Lee when the uh, FAA news came out recently. And so my goal really is to get the information out there to the users about what I think they may or care about the most, you know, in the hobby. And so one thing, if you click on the logo at the very top. Oh, I'm going to leave the P-38s behind. (laughs) <laughs> and then click on the little uh, round circle right there. So these are all feature articles about different things. And uh, they live in the forum, but this is kind of a landing page for what's current. And if it's important, uh, then it it's up here somewhere, like the AMA update right there. So we're looking at a page with the AMA 
and uh, talking about their remote ID being pushed back. And uh, to me, that's what the forum's all about. It's it's like being at the field except virtually, and the information lives there forever. You can always access it. Oh, nice. That's good to know. Don't think I've ever really clicked that circle thing. Uh, I liked your What oh, the Heck no. Wednesday feature. <laughs> I was yes. afraid of that. <laughs> I haven't seen so that what one. What the Heck Wednesday. P51 yeah. got uh, chewed up on the wing there. Interesting. Uh, oh, there's one thing that's probably not as well known, but I think it's really neat, is I think it's all the way at the bottom. You have a uh, a searchable map that has clubs and fields and hobby shops and stuff on it. Uh, Scroll oh, up just oh this is going to be great. We actually we had this no, early in our podcast. Bit, it's so a map. It's not the forum. It's oh. uh, scroll away down. Yeah. Uh, may, maybe while you're here, Jim, make it a bigger button. This is really uh, well, cool. Go, go to the just just go to the homepage. Click on the top logo. Hold on, I got to go up here. All right. Yeah. And then scroll to the bottom, but not all the way to the bottom. And there'll be a bar. There'll be a forum spy. That's pretty interesting, too. Okay, you tell me what. Yeah, we got a whole list of forums okay. all organized. Yes. Neat. There we go. Um, user map on the left. There it it is. says what's, what's going, on? going on. Need the right need the right guy. Now, is, does that show people oh, who are no. currently logged in? Sometimes it takes a long time to populate. Oh, I was thinking oh, I it's different. This one actually has like a map of the United States and on a map. Yeah, that pins. should have a map with a bunch of pins. Oh, okay. oh the latest 1,000 visitors to the site. Interesting. Uh, what is that the location of the visitors? It's a location of like flying fields and hobby stores. Oh, I'm sorry. Scroll down to the bottom. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Something else. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, <I'm sorry. laughs> Which one? Uh, features. Maybe it's under maps. I think if you go to features yeah. and click on maps. You don't if you haven't seen this, you gotta go to that. This is really now, cool. Now scroll up That's a little it. bit, please. Okay. I'm trying to scroll and I'm not getting anywhere. It may be loading. Yeah, I can't do anything. Try unclicking in the filter. Just say just say flying fields and unclick everything else. For example. Wait, wait, tight. No, see there's so, filters below that search okay. bar. All right. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it it starts with them all set and the, the map gets real populated with a lot of stuff. It's okay. cluttered. Uh, by the way, the, no one told me to plan for this, so I'm just, <laughs> we're doing this live, folks. And for well, those listening, this is boring. So yeah, check out oh, our yeah. YouTube uh, video of this. This is a really neat. There we go. Uh, it shows I know, a but map. I can't move this far. Can you click ahead. the expand button on the map? There, ah. there we go. Well, even a flying field, and you can scroll in, and you can find. It's a real neat feature to fly into flying field near you, or a hobby shop, or a boat. Uh, pond or something like that and uh, it'll have like little each one will usually have some sort of um, a user review as well you can put in there hey is it a bomber field pops up and gives you a little quick description of it and that kind of stuff and sometimes contact information uh and i've used this a bunch of times if you're traveling somewhere this is a great thing and be like hey i can fly here yeah 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 home of the best electric fly-in Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> for those of you listening, I just clicked on Tri County Tri County Barnstormers, and that's the tagline. Yeah, that's in two weeks. In two weeks. Yeah, about two weeks we'll be there. Yeah. Right. Uh so yeah, and it's great. I think it, it covers the world. I don't think it's just the United States. Now, uh, see what I was gonna touch upon, and Jim, you've never heard this, but on our early shows, 
Fitz had mentioned that he likes when he travels to different states, he changes his zip code and his profile on RC groups to then when he does a search classified, ah. search for items near me so yeah, he yeah. can go, go look around for stuff. <laughs> and I thought that was excellent. I didn't even thought about that. So yeah, that's cool. So I will say, I mean, we're looking at my account. This is me. And I don't know if I click my blog, if it'll tell me, but I, Jim, I've been here since let's go back down at the bottom right here do you have any points yeah. november 25th 2003 oh, is when i was a member you're an og man 20 That's... years ago oh, i wonder what mine is i'll have to go check yeah. Yeah, oh i missed that 337 oh yeah that was my 3d printed 337 boy it was nice yeah. but uh yeah i'm sorry who did i interrupt terry or fitz uh, I was just yapping. I'm wondering when I joined. Is that on your profile somewhere? Yes. I think you can do join search. date January 8th, 2001. Oh, you beat me. Yeah. I'm sure mine <laughs> goes back basically yeah. to the, when they switched over. Yeah. yeah. Well, been. I remember when I first started using the site, it was the E Zone and it was yes. I guess, an right. electric magazine that had articles. And then one day I found the forum button and then this whole world opened up that had <laughs> tons and tons and tons. I could waste all day doing that waste. I, I say with air quotes. So but. now speaking of that, I've always been curious, the relationship you have other, is it a sub forum like uh, flying giants? And I think it's a helicopter one. We call them partner sites. So flying giants was created on its own and we purchased it and heli freak the same. It was its own deal. I can oh, tell okay. you an interesting thing about HeliFreak is that yeah. uh, it's a totally separate site. I would love for them to be uh, like stories could flow between all three sites. That's not an option yet, but HeliFreak okay. has really been growing in the last year, um, which is, oh. you know, it, Heli kind of got a hit there in the drone days, but yeah, it seems yeah. like they're really back at it. That's interesting. Ooh, so you, may, you say helicopters may be making a somewhat of a comeback. When I see the stats come in, I'm always like, "Wow, look at Heli Freak!" I mean, it's it's yeah, interesting. It. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, because helicopters sort of, yeah, like I said, when drones came out, they sort of kind of not died off, but really took a big hit in popularity. Our, our uh, other site, Flying Giants, is giant scale only, and these mm. are guys who oh, are yeah. flying big, big dollar airplanes. They're yeah. uh, they're not totally separate from RC groups, but they are a different uh, group of pilots. Okay. And, and it, it stayed rock solid from recession to pandemic. Those guys are always there. Interesting. Okay. I was always curious about the relationship between the, those different sites. I work there... with flying giants the most uh, with RC groups. I share mm. tons of stories between the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember, I don't know if it was still under E-Zone or they had been RC groups at that point, but I remember... One day, Jim Burke came on and said, we have to upgrade our servers. We've got too much traffic. And he asked for donations. So I guess this was before it became a, a profitable site. And then lots of people just donated money. And that was the key he needed to, to mm. upgrade the servers. And then after that, it seemed like it just exploded. He's told me that he lost money and lost money and lost money, keeping this thing alive for years. Mm. And um, he came to me 17 years ago, and he said uh, he had... Well, I don't want to get in too much depth there, but he brought me on and that was right when the boom was really starting to kick in with everything. Right. And, you know, what a time to be in the hobby. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right. So what's your knowledge of the metrics and the history of this thing? Like if you had to pick one thread that is just 
a spike in either views or whatever over the years? What would you say that is? Are we talking about it like an actual thread or a, a product or? Um, well, my thought was a thread, a specific thread that's just out of this universe, more popular than others, but you take any uh, direction you want with it. I know what it is. Let me just find it real quick. It's, uh, I moved it here into general aircraft discussion. What did you do in RC today? Oh, so, yes. <laughs> almost 5 million views right now. Wow. wow. But with that said, Horizon if you ever go look at uh, the feature articles that are done on horizon, I'm just mm -hmm. going to look at numbers and I'll, I can tell which is which 100,000, 108,000, 475,000, 181,000, 319,000, 246,000, 374,000. So this is what I lean up on when somebody says, why should I be on RC groups? And I'm like, I don't know. I have 374,000 answers right here. Right. Lots of eyeballs. Yeah. yeah. And that lots of, eyeballs, lots of clicks. Yeah. And I don't think, well, I'm sure there are no print magazines that approach that in terms of circulation. Well, right. And you certainly can't see a thing you love and go click straight to the buy page. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. And I'm certainly not uh, trashing any print magazines because no, I, no, I write no. for print magazines. But yeah, there, yes. it's just a, a different different thing for sure. Um, at the tippy top, I'm in a, uh, aircraft electric airplanes mm -hmm. is a sticky for the AMA, which is a thing that I do with the AMA now. And uh, Lee, I should let you in on this. Uh, basically, what I do is when you bring out anything uh, interesting or of note that I think people need to know about, then I'll go in and create an article about it and then link back to the original piece so that they can go get more information. But uh, if anyone says, hey, uh, we need to have information on, on this one thing, then shoot me an email and I'll make it happen. Well, and I'll also share with you, Jim, that one of my jobs is that I'm, I follow the free and remote ID threads that are there on RC groups because there's a lot of communication there. And part of my outreach are to those pilots who refuse to use Facebook, which is where we direct a lot of social media and right. our YouTube channel, which is for our videos. But when it's a text-driven base, uh, the RC groups chatter is pretty loud and busy. So uh, I try to chime in there. And especially with the free is lately, I've been able to, to talk with people who have had a lot of questions. And I think it's a great forum to go to if you have, you know, if you have those kind of questions and you find that thread, please join us um, in there. Uh, probably not every day, but at least once a week, I'm going in there to look at my subscribed threads and uh, and get involved. And users appreciate it when there's someone at the door, you know, when they knock on the door and, and they get an answer. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. Well, and, and I will say, because this is a, a fun, open, casual show, there are some good conversations and there are some conversations you need to walk away from. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there are people's minds that will never be changed, and they will they'll they'll make accusations or they'll be negative. And by the way, if you go into a thread like that, you know, stay with RC groups. You, you just go to a different thread, start a different thread, avoid those people because again, you just you get those types. But on the whole, uh, like I said, been there a member for twenty years, uh, learned a lot. Uh, my thunder and lightning has been a really good thread in the uh, foamy scratch build. I've had a lot of people build it and I have RC groups to thank for that. And this is a place where people drink their coffee and get their news of RC, which is kind of what I'm working on being more uh, getting the news out there for everyone and sharing all the new products. And that's what keeps the hobby going. 
Uh, we have these companies out here bringing out new, uh, inventive, creative ways for us to take advantage of the hobby. And I just want to make sure everyone's aware of it. So that's you what know, I do every day. I'm going to say, Jim, I just, just dawned on me, but for 20 years, I've been able to have the same conversations, use the same tools. You haven't had a, a need to update. I mean, sure, there's some probably backend stuff that needs to be updated, server stuff. But really, the, the functionality of RC Groups has been the same since I joined. And it's been very easy to search for products, to find conversations, to co message other members, do classified sales, meet up with people. And, you know, I guess for you, because you've done this often for events, because sometimes you have the, you know, the RC Group sponsored mm -hmm. events, those are at the top, and then you have just other events that go out there. But when I went to Joe Nall for the first time, I have to say, I went to RC groups to see what everybody else was posting. And turns out some of the conversations were, uh, I'm bringing these planes. And some guy says, oh, right. I want that. I'll meet you there. And yeah. it's all done online. And it's very quick and easy. Yeah. And, and there have been updates and there's a lot like the uh, maps and things like that. Definitely a lot of time was built customizing that. And and sometimes somebody will say, oh, it's an old site. But if you look at all the things this site offers and then you go put it next to a modern version of something, really, we kill them every time. We're not young and sexy, but we're definitely reliable and, uh, and, and we do everything. It's it's yeah. substance. It really is. The the substance is inside and it's easy to gain access to. Right. right. Now I remember at some point, and maybe it's still there, there was a system for assessing penalties for people who couldn't behave themselves. Does that still exist? <laughs> it does. I mean, okay. there's always somebody not behaving themselves. I'm always okay. blown away at people that break the rules and uh get warned and then just keep doing it until they can't anymore. It, I, I don't really understand. I, I, I heard something somebody said once. She said, some people are just incorrigible. They are. They're just hardwired to be incorrigible. Some people yeah. just want to watch the world burn. Be watch the yes. world burn. Oh, no, for sure. <laughs> yes. And if you have a million people coming to a site, a certain percentage of those are just going to have a penchant for a certain behavior, you know? And yeah. in the early days, I was the only, I ran this site by myself for 10 years, or, you know, I was the guy who was on the site every day for 10 years. And, uh, it would really get to you. Um, I'm bet. happy to say, and I want to report because uh, a magazine article came out and it didn't reflect exactly the right thing. I do not moderate the site anymore. That's not a thing that I do. And uh, I'm really happy that I don't because <laughs> <laughs> it makes my day a lot. <laughs> so, so in the early days, I was a moderator on the helicopter forum for a little while. And I was real happy to not be a moderator anymore after a while. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like being an operator at a customer service line or something. It's your job for people to yell at you. Yeah. The, the only it, scarier is when somebody says, I would like to be a moderator. And I'm like, oh, that's frightening. Of the four of us here, I'm actually a moderator still. So, still, yeah. so yeah, it's tough, man. <laughs> it's really tough. I, Let me also say, I, I hope I'm not getting out of... Uh, boundaries here but you don't want to be me to be a moderator i've seen everything twenty thousand times i've seen everything anyone can do and i will i would i got quick to hit the button uh you know and so 
I just right. stepped away and I do what I enjoy. And that's band, great. Band, 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 band. Yeah. There was a couple of years there where I was moderating Facebook accounts for a couple of different RC companies. And in the beginning, it's kind of like, like you were saying, Jim, yeah, maybe they didn't mean what it sounds like they mean. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe I'll send them a message and have them clean this up a little bit. But then you know, a month or two later, I'm like, delete, ban, delete, ban, 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 delete. Yeah. <laughs> And on a serious note, uh, moderation is for the users. You right. as a user don't want to have to deal with this stuff. You don't want to have something, someone telling you and trolling you. And, and I don't either, man, no one cares about that stuff more than I do. So yeah. I always am watching what's going on. I just yeah. am happy that I'm not the guy that has to pull any triggers. <laughs> right. <laughs> but and that, on that note, a shout out to all the moderators. You guys. Yes. Thank you. Your- the, the, the Lord's work, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for being on the front lines. <laughs> yeah, you're taking it for all the rest of us. Yeah. Well, and so again, for those of you who, if you haven't been to RC groups, go there to have fun. Please don't go there to rant and rant. Yeah. Just yeah. go read the fun stuff and go look up a plane you haven't seen and uh, read Jim's articles. You know, go through the, the buttons at the top of the screen. It's a it's a really good thread. And go look for hey. the thunder and lightning. And uh, <laughs> what's what's yours, uh, Terry? I've completely the parallax. Uh, yeah, I think that was just a, uh, a what do you call it, a blog post for me. Well, you know what? Maybe not. I, I think you're just a bill. I think you're just a bill. Mine's a bill. Right. I had one. Uh, my claim to fame was um, there was a, a plane that came out. It was the the Tempest, Dynam Tempest. Okay. And yep. and when it came out, it's got a big mouth on it. It was, it was a big open gaping hole in the front. And I just got a 3D printer. And I said, hmm, I wonder if I can make a little radiator thing that you print out and stick in the front and i just made one just for myself i thought hey, that's neat and i posted a picture on the forum and suddenly i get a whole bunch of pms can you make me one <laughs> can you make me one <laughs> so i think i paid for the printer by printing out these little nice uh, <laughs> for people on the forum <laughs> did you sell them on the rcg classifieds no i didn't i didn't have to. Okay. i just i just people just saw the thread and sent me messages hey you know I, I eventually put a uh, like a thing in the thread that says, "Hey, it, it costs this much plus shipping. Just send me a PM." And that was five hundred dollars a piece. Now that's no, no, that's no, 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 yeah. It was a what very fair price. It was a very bucks? fair price. No, no, it was like less than ten bucks with shipping. I wasn't trying to make a whole lot of money off of it. I just thought it was just a neat thing to do, and people liked it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you know, that's another thing to bring up the classified section. Um, it's still very popular, at least in the people I know, because there's no fees like on eBay and Facebook Marketplace. You know, I get very lucky there, but man, right. there's some shady dudes on Facebook Marketplace and <laughs> selling basement. especially. It's but uh, but Archer Group still seems to be a core group of solid people, and again, no fees. So it's every experience I've had has been um, a good experience and you have a much more focused audience of the people who are interested in the stuff that you want. Where on yeah. Facebook, every Tom, Dick and Harry may you know, run across it. I'll say the same thing. I've done a lot of buying and selling on uh, RC groups and I had not have not had one single bad experience. With any yeah. I want to give some classified tips in the uh, top of the class. These are things you really need to know if you're going to buy. I think it's in... Is it now? It'd be Trader Talk. Trader no Talk friends and family. Talk. That's number one, right? Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I have multiple people. stickies here with suggestions that you want to read <laughs> through. If you're, let's say you're going to throw out hundreds of dollars. Um, the first thing is no friends and family ever. It is a red flag. They are going to take your money and run. 
The other thing you want to look at is if you click on any username, they have a trader rating. Oh. Now, Let's see what Jim's you, is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy's real shady. <laughs> hey, what's this? 16. Gosh. That's not so what you, is this guy. Oh, one negative. <laughs> oh, who are we looking at? Me? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> one negative. Like, yeah. What is this? <laughs> he gave you a negative. Oh, I better go check on that. <laughs> oh, it's, that it's one person admin. So it's like you know, someone just made that up. <laughs> Interesting. I've never Here, if it that. makes you feel better, I'll go check mine so you don't feel so bad. But yeah, that's I'm a 17. Yeah. You're 17. Yeah. What? You just reminded yeah. me there was one person I did de I did not deal with because he insisted on friends and family. And I thought that no, it didn't sound right. Yeah. I'm 57. Dodged. Well, you want to make sure they have a trader rating. You never buy from someone with a zero trader rating. Never. 100%. Okay. And, and when the deal is awesome and you're like, oh, what a deal. I, I'm I'm going to buy this because the deal's so good, even though it's a zero. There's a reason the deal's so good. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were doing the moderation, what percentage of your overhead on that was classified? And Not that much. Okay. Really. But I do know in recent years, people have gotten smarter. I don't, I have to think that the people that are trying to scam people these days are actual modelers. There's no way they could play the game so well. So you, anything weird or fishy, I want to talk to somebody. If, if I'm going to fork out a bunch of cash, we're going to talk on the telephone at least. Well, I think the thing that a lot of scammers or potential scammers don't seem to realize is how small and tightly knit the RC community is. So if you pull a fast one on somebody, I probably know somebody that lives near you and, or maybe they know you like it's there. If you go through the classifieds, there's a lot of threads that talk about deals gone bad. And a lot of them end with somebody paying a visit to somebody else and getting it sorted out. Well, that doesn't so, sound good at all. So uh, <laughs> yeah. do Don't do that. I, I'm building the drama. So they go to the site, Jim. Come on. We call yes. it the model mafia. Yes. Uh, one more <laughs> thing. How we do you, things in a small town. <laughs> if, if you are looking at something and somebody PMs you and says, I have this, or I know someone that has it, red flag city, they're setting you up. So. Right. Don't respond to that PM and hey, feel Lee. free to <laughs> Sorry, report them, report them. We will ban them. We ban them all day long because right. it's easy to see them. Right. I think if somebody's trying to fence some stolen hobby equipment, we probably know the person you stole it from. Oh, yeah. So yeah, bad juju. But I found great prices on here, stuff that you need, yeah. get it quick. And uh, I think being the admin helps me out a little bit. Uh, right. As far yeah. as yeah, going to treat me pretty good, but well, yeah. you know what? I'll just say my favorite radio, my DX9, I got from a local using Fitz's tip, you know, the items near me. And mm -hmm. I found a guy selling like literally brand new because he wanted to go into jets. He needed more channels. And I picked, I mean, it really was great. And it's been a wonderful radio. So there are good deals to be made. Uh, I've had a lot of success on RC groups. Just as Jim said, be very, very careful. Read those notes at the top just to play it safe. Hmm. because people will write me and say, Hey, here's what happened to me. And, uh, I hate it. I hate to tell them. Yeah. You were had. So, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was talking about the small intimacy of the RC community and that kind of hit me when we were going through the hobby lobby website, because you were scrolling at some of the airplanes there and like every airplane has a story behind it. And we've been lucky enough to meet a lot of the people behind those airplanes. 
Like uh, you went past the IFO. We met Dan Craig. We know Dan Craig from stuff we've been to. And then you were just talking about best. And I'm, I would assume that uh, Jim knows Kirk Massey from New Creations. Yeah. They were well, he's, huge. With Harvard. Right. So that's I talked to New Kirk once a week in the early yeah. days. Yeah. Yep. So that's his home show. He used to donate tons of stuff to the raffle there. Um, I could go on. I didn't write down the examples I saw, but as you were scrolling, I'm like, yep, yep. That rings a bell. Oh, wow. So uh, we talk about this all the time, but I never cease to be amazed by just how closely knit this whole thing is. And in the end, that's what the hobby is. If you go to Joe Nall, you're going to see spectacular jets and all kinds of great things, but it's all about the people really. And, and if we're flying RC, we're like-minded some way. Sure. So we're out there meeting new people and then people that you've seen for 20 years you're getting to hang out with. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Just in some, the, uh, some of the screenshots you had of the forums that uh, I recognize a couple of names that we know personally. Right. I have this crazy thing where if somebody says a screen name, I can almost always see their avatar. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. It's funny. Mine, I've had mine on there since almost the beginning. I never changed it because it's such a neat, thing i scan out of a book every once in a while somebody asked me where did you get that avatar like oh it came out of an old hobby book Wait, was uh, that like the somebody's leg spread and the helicopter between it or something it, it, it's it's a helicopter hovering and behind it is a lady who doesn't appear to be wearing much it uh -huh. came out of it came out of apparently an old horobo helicopter uh -huh. so it's, uh, okay it's, it's yes <laughs> when helicopters were sexy yeah <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of for a while there fits one of your videos was from the event up in lubbock that you went to and it yeah. had sort of the same approach on the thumbnail is that one still one of your top performing videos uh i know it did really well uh for quite a long time i i don't think it, it's kind of old now but it's still up it's still on the page but i think it's been buried by so much i think stuff. that hangar 9 p47 is his biggest video right now for some uh, reason yeah that one and the um the Hellcat did really well, and the uh, L19 is, is, is moving up real quick. Right. That one did gangbusters. Oh, and the uh, now also the factory tour for um, oh, right, uh, Seagull models is also doing really, really well, but yeah, Ooh, yeah, I I, yeah, you should check it out. It's interesting to see how they build the models. They had a really good tour of the factory, um, but yeah, I, I put that lady on the thumbnail for a reason, and you know, <laughs> clicks me. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> And that's the clincher. If you're talking to somebody that you meet at the field and you haven't quite made a connection yet, just say, I know Fitz. And they're like, oh, Fitz. <laughs> so I had to leave my event early. I said, hey, everyone, I got to go. And they were like, why? And I mentioned your names and they were like, oh, yeah, cool. Fitz, so you another guy. Yeah. <laughs> so they know about us. Oh, right. Oh, no, they, they knew y'all. They know about Fitz anyway. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, RC round table. I'm just one yeah. of the slubs. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, All right. So, Jim, you you come going to any events coming up? Any, uh, well, I'm I've got one going right it? now here in Nashville. It's our 20th year. It's Nash Pro, and uh, it, I start. I cut my teeth uh, with a profile forum, and the thing is, you can't really buy profiles anymore. So we were sitting there looking, I was looking at all the airplanes on the grass about to take off. And I said, every one of these is like 15 years old. It's like a vintage car show out here. Right. <laughs> we well, had a new one from E-Flight. It just came out. Oh, uh, yeah. Erratic. Uh, Erratics, is it? 
Yeah, but these are these are forty size uh, hand built stick. Oh, oh, big stuff. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. And we used to all be, uh, you know, four stroke or uh, glow, and now it's just about half and half electric these days. Yeah. All right. Any other events you coming? You're going to be coming up to? Um, I don't have anything that I know about right now. I know isn't fall in the fall now? Fall in the fall? Uh, I thought it was October. Oh, is it? Maybe. Oh, Usually I don't know. it lands don't right know. on top of my show. Oh, okay. Yes, everything's right here. Yep. Now there you go. Yeah, there's best. Yeah, this is the part I love. I always add links to the, all the other threads we've had for best. <laughs> <laughs> Since 2004. It's awesome, man. But hopefully yeah. you can come down and see us, Jim, because this is a fun electric event. We'd love yeah. to have you. We'd, we'd house you. You can come stay at my house. Just tell you know Fitz to you know, not get on your side of the bed. <laughs> we can broadcast live the whole time. We try to broadcast. We usually record a podcast while we're there. But uh, yeah, go if you when you get a chance, go to RC groups, Jim, and <laughs> go. <laughs> you heard of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, go check it out. But that's yeah. We it's nice that we keep all our event history there at on RC groups, so people can go see the really cool uh, planes that we've had at best, and especially from Keith Sparks. Our buddy in Dallas, who okay. brings the most amazing aircraft, uh, right. Sparky. Yep, uh, that's yeah. his RC Group's handle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's got a. He's a, speaking of avatar. He's got a neat little avatar. It's like a, a lightning bolt man. I guess the best way to put it. You guys seen his avatar? Uh, yeah, that that has some history to it, right? That's. I think he was a logo. I think that was a logo for the electric. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Like a ball that head. or a warning not to touch the live wires. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to ask Keith the the origin of that. Oh, fantastic. Oh, here it is. Right, bring you. What do you got? Bring spark. It's spark, oh. not sparky, but anyway. I think there's a little icon right there. Yeah. I think you can click on it and make it bigger. I, I tried. Click like oh, I nothing. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I always thought that was a cute icon. Right. Well, it sounds like we're wrapping up. Is that uh, what I'm feeling here? I have two stories that we can put anywhere you want. Okay. No, no stories. I just looked at my list. Things not to forget. The first story is about Roy Orbison. Now, if you're young, you might not know Roy Orbison, or you might know him from the traveling wheelberries and also being a supersonic uh, famous guy from the fifties, sixties and seventies. But um, Roy lived here in Nashville. Now everyone lives in Nashville. Anyone you right. care about that's famous lives here, but Roy was an RC pilot. And this is crazy. The guy who told me the story is in the field right now. I just shook his hand and said, hey, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, Bryce Custer, who taught me how to fly and uh, didn't know why a hippie was walking around an airfield and took pity on me. <laughs> but he worked in the lobby of Hobby Lobby in the 1980s. And he said one day Roy Orbison came in. He said he ordered about $2,000 worth of stuff. And he said he was driving a 1954 pickup truck. And it was parked sloped down the hill with a rock under the front tire. And he said he got an autograph from Roy on a receipt, which he promptly lost. And Roy didn't really do. And he said Roy walked around, put his stuff in the back of the truck, uh, opened the door, kicked the rock out from underneath the wheel, coasted down, and then uh, put it in suck it. And the starter was out. Pop the clutch. Drove home. And Roy went home, laid down in bed, and died that day. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh man. The last thing he ever did was go buy a bunch of RC toys. Ah, well, $2,000, that's like one four channel radio in the 80s, right? 
He said he bought everything that, that any under power bought. batteries. Right. <laughs> I, I'd like to know that he at least died happy, right? Yeah, right. Well, he went stuff. to the hobby store. Was, yeah, right. my, my second story may not be the greatest story to tell about Jim. I have a couple. Uh, use them if you want. Uh, the first thing uh, I came back one day from an event, we were flying planes through trailers and stuff like that, little electrics. And he told me that back when the main highway here in Nashville was being built, they had just finished it. And he and his buddies got in a convertible and they took a 40 size glow plane and got out on the highway and uh, started driving down the highway with the plane next to the car and got the car airborne. And they sat in the back and flew the airplane towards themselves, fly, <laughs> going down the highway. And he said they passed a Greyhound bus and they said they kept it at eye level. And he said when they got next to the bus driver and he turned around and there was an airplane next to it, he about crashed the bus. Oh my. Can you imagine doing that today? Day. Uh, you would be on the front page. I want to thank you guys for thinking of me and, uh, and doing this thing for Jim and his family, because I know that they care about hearing these stories too. And, uh, I, the reason I did it, I wrote this thing. I was at the end. I thought, who am I writing this for? And I, I wrote it for Jim. And, um, I don't, I just think it's something that the hobby should be aware of before it disappears and evaporates that this one guy had this one idea and would not let go of it until it actually made it into a thing that we all do and enjoy on a daily basis now. Yep. And I agree. Um, thank you, Jim, for everything you did because, what he helped develop is part of, has been part of my career. It's certainly part of my hobby. And I know I speak for all three of us on the podcast. It's a, a central focus of our lives. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's hard to imagine my life without electric models right now. Right. So, yeah. hmm, thank I'll you. repeat what I said earlier. If you have a story, please share it in the comment section on our Facebook post or uh, on the YouTube channel so you can uh, share it with others and we can keep that conversation rolling. Right. Yeah. All right, so I've got one more thing before we close out completely. Uh, I bet one of the other popular, historically popular threads on RC groups has been famous people who fly RC. So you brought up the Roy Orbison thing. Um, I once got to interview Frank Beard, drummer for ZZ Top, oh, who at the time, cool. he was big into RC planes. Um, but I recently um, found that Tyler Perry has started an Instagram page. I think we all know he's big into RC, but he finally started an Instagram page dedicated to his RC stuff. I think the handle is uh, TP loves RC, something like that. You don't have to search hard to find it, but yeah, go out there and look at that stuff. And then I hate to do it to you. Could you put that thing, but wait, there's more back up. I can. <laughs> So <laughs> Hobby Lobby related, I'm working at Hobby Lobby. This guy's coming in. He's from Texas, obviously. And uh, we immediately bond. It's like we were old friends. He's older than me. And uh, he would come in and build. And, and every Wednesday, we'd fly at the field. The whole staff was invited. And Bobby knew we were going to be there. We were trapped. There's nothing you could do. And Bobby would always have this airplane. And he would bring it to me. And he would say, Jim, will you maiden it? Now, <laughs> it was a new airplane each time. Yes. Okay. And anything <laughs> can happen. And uh, I, I had, there's an interview with me and Bobby and he says that I never crashed it, but almost once. <laughs> and, and so I walk up on Bobby this one day and he's telling the story and the story, uh, as I walk up, he says, and then Yoko said, I was allowed to hang out with John from then on. <laughs> and, and I have that interview. I, I made him tell me the story and I said, hold on. I wait for him to finish. He walks over and I said, Bobby, 
are you in a band or something? And he goes, well, uh, yes, I am. Maybe you've heard of us. It's a little band called the Rolling Stones. He was Bobby <laughs> Keys, the sax player on Brown Sugar. And every song that you've ever heard with the sax in it, Bobby was that guy. He played with oh, Buddy wow. Holly. Yeah. And he just happened to be a dude at the airfield who hung out at Hobby Lobby for in spare time. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. Amazing. Great. <laughs> peoples is peoples. That's right. Brotherhood of Modelers. Don't care yes. where you're from, what you do. No. Interesting. I have produced two. I have made two more crew members. Oh. <laughs> and I've sent one to aviation college. So wow. I am doing my best to keep them in the hobby. Yeah. Well, Jim, thanks for accepting our invitation and uh, coming here and talking about Jim Martin, kind of his homage. Uh, we appreciate your stories about Jim and others. So mm -hmm. this has been a lot of fun. So I appreciate it. Good stuff. Thank you, guys. I enjoyed yep, it. All right. Have fun at your event. Okay. Fitz, are you taking us out of here? Uh, I guess we're done for the, this episode? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening and uh, listening to great stories from Mr. Graham there. Uh, don't know what else to say. Uh, join us next time. Uh, Lee and I were at uh, Bomber Field this past weekend, so we'll have to talk about that on the next show. Some good stuff that went on there. And probably best, too, maybe. I don't know if it'll take place before or after the show, but uh, we got a bunch of stuff coming up, so the next few couple episodes or so should be fun-filled and action-packed, as they say. Uh, until next time, any questions, comments, we'd love to hear from you. Get contact at rcroundtable.com. And you can also talk, tell us a note, send us a note, excuse me, there. If you've got some good hobby lobby stories and you don't want to do the Facebook thing, uh, we might just read them on the air. Or famous people in RC or the history of the telemaster. Or yeah. Your favorite RC groups thread. Well, whatever. Yeah. Many, any of the stuff we many, talked about. Yeah. How many hobby lobby planes do you still have in your yes. collection? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, sure have a lovely story. Or if you are a star that flies, give us a ring. <laughs> We'd love to talk to you. Come join our show. <laughs> Tyler Perry, if you're listening, for the love of God, send us an email. Come yeah, on, really. <laughs> uh, On that note, uh, I guess you got anything last words, you guys? Nope. Get us out of here. All right. As Japanese say, Ikimashoka. We will see you next time. And uh, thanks for watching and listening. Until next time. Peace out. Bye-bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.